So now I'd like to play a short interview I made with John Begley from Klumka this week, in which he shares his involvement with MSF with us. So again, I'd like to welcome on to our programme this morning, John Begley from the Klumka Parish. People might remember John uh, shared um, a little reflection with us there on actually the Good Friday stations around the class in Newcastle West. Um, John, thanks a lot for joining us again. How are you? Uh, I'm good today, John. Thanks very much for having me. Good. John, uh, when, when, when I was speaking with John last time, um, he told me about his involvement with a, with a group called MSF, and I'll go through that one in a second. But, John, just a little bit about yourself again, just briefly. I think you're, is it a second-year student, a medical student in UCC, is it? Yeah, I am. I'm a second-year medical student. I Thankfully, I've just finished my exams, so that is some relief. And I have spent the last year working with a group called MSF. You mightn't know who MSF are, but you might have seen our recent media campaigns on RTE or Virgin Media. Um, basically, we are Doctors Without Borders or Médecins Sans Frontières in French. So that's who we are. Okay. And and how how did this come about? or How, how was it formed and why? Okay. So I will briefly explain to you who I am today and who I'm speaking on behalf of. So I am speaking on behalf of the UCC Student Society, Friends of MSF. Uh, we are a student representative society of the official organization, Médecins Sans Frontières. Um, unfortunately, due to the recent um, health and safety regulations in place over the COVID-19 pandemic, we have had to cancel and postpone many of our fundraising events. So for those of you who haven't heard of MSF, we are an independent, neutral and impartial emergency aid organisation. We were first founded back in Paris in 1971. We have also won a Nobel Peace Prize in 1999 in recognition of our pioneering humanitarian work on several continents. So doctors and other healthcare professionals who work with MSF are usually stationed in areas of conflict, violence, and violations of human rights. So just to give you a little more information about the logistics behind our organization. So in 2018, nearly 40,000 people were hired by MSF. 11 million outpatient consultations were carried out, as well as nearly 310,000 assisted births were facilitated by the organization. MSF also became involved in 25,000 cases of sexual violence and successfully treated 2 million patients who had malaria. Thanks for that, John. And one of the um, ways that I got to find out about MSF, and maybe a lot more people did, was during the Syrian conflict. Um, you guys, or the MSF, were the people who went into war zones uh, and really risked their own lives to try and bring medicine and trying to bring some help to those who really needed it. Um, that was a very um, unique uh, picture that we all got of MSF's work. Well, definitely, John. It's actually very interesting because the work that we have been doing over the last few months has changed a lot recently over the pandemic situation with COVID-19. So before the international public health emergency, that is COVID-19, 
Um, MSF spent a lot of work promoting its access campaign. Um, this campaign, I, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it at home, I'll summarize that the main aim of this campaign is to provide more effective, widespread and accessible medication treatment in several of the countries that we are working in. So our aim is that big pharmaceutical companies will hopefully decrease the prices of their medication so we can provide more widely available medical treatment in the countries that we work in. But anyway, the work that we do is so varied and random, but it's also specific to the medical needs and issues of each specific country that we work in. So for example, before the pandemic, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, we have provided vaccines to help fight the Ebola virus. Uh, whereas in France, we were providing beds, shelter, counseling and mental health support services to teen migrants who would have otherwise been left out on the streets. We have also organized some cultural briefings and recreational activities for these migrants, as well as organizing more housing projects for migrants who are currently living in Belgium. And Jan, specifically during this coronavirus um, problem that we have these days, what particular work uh, would MSF be involved with there? So again, this is really a topic of interest for me. And as a second year medical student, I'm really proud to be speaking to you today on behalf of MSF. So like every other group in society, we at MSF have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So the major changes in both the areas that we work in and the type of medical aid that we are providing is truly compelling. So for example, back in February, when I was making a podcast with my friend Waylee um, on behalf of our student committee, um, MSF were sending medical supplies to hospitals in Wuhan in China. As well as this, our Hong Kong team provided health education to vulnerable people living in socially disadvantaged areas of the city. Now, currently, MSF are providing a wide range of medical services in response to the pandemic. For example, we are offering free hot showers to homeless people who are living in New York City. As well as this, MSF doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals are carrying out COVID-19 tests and we are working diligently in nursing homes in many European countries, such as Italy, Spain and France. Our volunteers have been also working hard in these areas to provide proper medical care implement infection prevention and control measures, disinfect spaces, establish resident and staff flow in healthcare facilities, and safely transfer patients between nursing homes and other healthcare services. We also have aided in COVID-19 screening and detection services in several countries like Italy and Brazil, as well as helping to prevent the spread of the virus among both healthcare workers and the general population of these countries. So as you can imagine, John, the work that MSF have been doing and are currently doing is phenomenal in aiding the, the public and safeguarding them over the last 49 years. And John, how did you get involved, by the way, with MSF in the first place? Um, well, John, um, I was lucky enough to come from a medical background. Um, at quite a young age, I witnessed my aunt volunteer with the Nile Mellon Township Trust back in South Africa. 
Um, although I was quite young at the time, I found the whole idea of going to another country with a completely different culture and set of traditions um, and provide possibly providing my skill set to these people, very inspiring. I also had some charity fundraising experience uh, from a young age from accompanying my grandfather at Bucket Collections for St. Vincent de Paul every Sunday after Mass. So I won't lie to you, maybe the prospect of going to the sweet shop after these Bucket Collections was slightly more enticing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, looking back at the whole experience, I was really inspired to work with charities in future if I ever got the opportunity. And it was certainly one of the main reasons for me that I wanted to study medicine in the first place. No so, like many people, I firstly got to college about two years ago. I wanted to kind of keep my head down, spend my first year getting to know people um, and settling into my course. So that's why I kind of chose to refrain from getting very involved with any particular college society. But then I noticed how a lot of my friends were either on the MSF student committee or they were hosting volunteer-led events and they all seemed to have an absolute ball. So after a bit of deliberation on my part, I decided to run for the committee at our first year AGM back in March. And thankfully I was elected as secretary I really enjoyed the role and I learned so much from it. And I can safely say that that last minute decision to run for the committee was one of the best decisions I made that year. Well done, because it's it's uh, people like you that are prepared to, to, to stand up and share with the rest of us. Um, that's, that's needed so much to, to, to really be, the, be a voice for those who really don't have a voice. And it, it, it reminds me of something that I, I read and the MSF uh, website there recently, it was a quote from one of your former international presidents who said, we're not sure that words can always save lives, but we know that silence can certainly kill. I think we're all like that sometimes. We all keep the head down and, and you know, I know nothing and I can't really help. Yet there's people like yourself remind us every now and again that there are people out there who who do need help, and if, as you said yourself, if we've got the skill, the the skill um, to be able to go out and help these people, the onus is on us to do it. So, with that in mind, and if people have maybe heard you sharing um, some of that information this morning, there might be two things they want to know. They might want to know, uh, first of all, a little bit more about MSF, so you might be able to direct them in to, uh, as to where to go for that, and secondly. They might want to able um, uh, want to forward on maybe some financial aid. So first of all, in terms of finding out a bit more about MSF, I know we can't. I know you'd like to share as much as you can with us in in these few minutes. We really wouldn't have the time. But where, how would they get to find out a bit more about MSF, John? Oh, definitely, John. Like so, basically, there are several ways that the public can support MSF. But obviously, the most supportive action they can take is donating. So as you know, John, and as I previously mentioned, due to the recently imposed COVID-19 restrictions, it has been a very difficult time for many charities to fundraise for all of their individual causes. Therefore, I would urge any listeners who are just sitting at home or maybe in the car driving to work, whatever, um, who would like to donate possibly volunteer 
or even just find out more information about our amazing charity, to head over to our official website, www.msf.ie, or head over to our Doctors Without Borders official Facebook page. For any UCC students who are listening and would like to get involved in the coming academic year, head over to our official Facebook page for our society, UCC Friends of MSF, or follow us under the same name on Instagram for the latest updates on our events, campaigns, and volunteering opportunities. We will welcome any student volunteers with open arms. And if anyone has any further questions about our society or volunteering opportunities, just don't hesitate to message us or give us a buzz on one of our social media platforms. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I'd also just like to quickly tackle a few common student questions that we receive. Okay. So just to be brief, firstly, I would like to clarify that you don't need to be a committee member to volunteer with the society. I personally think that this is a brilliant uh, option for students because it gives them a lot of freedom in their choice about the levels of involvement with the charity. So this means that they can plan their volunteering around their own busy personal schedules. I'd also just like to say that you don't have to be a medical student to work with our society. Although our society does attract a relatively high proportion of medical students, we welcome all members of the UCC student body equally and have had several students in the past represent us who aren't studying medicine, such as our former chairperson last year, Fatima. So we are literally just open to everyone and all support. So, John, thank, thanks a lot for taking time to, to speak to us today. It's very important that we, that we continue to keep ourselves informed on all the help that's been provided from all organisations, wherever they are, uh, in particular your particular um, organisation this morning, MSF, uh, providing some brilliant work, and I'm sure that listeners have heard what you said. Uh, in one way or another, they they would be no doubt inclined to offer as much help as they can. So, John, take care of yourself. Um, we will continue to keep people like yourself in our prayers because we know that people like you are standing there uh, in front of everybody else, maybe thinking you're annoying the rest of us, but you're not really, because if you don't tell us, then we won't be reminded. So, John, thanks again for joining us today. Maybe we'll speak to you again some other time. Thanks very much for that now, John. I really hope that our message resonates well with your listeners today and I hope that they continue to show support to MSF and possibly donate to us at such an uncertain time for all charities. Thanks very much for that. Well done, John. We'll talk again sometime. No bother. Goodbye. Thanks, that. Bye-bye now. So thanks again to John Begley for, from Kloonka for sharing with us today. Just to remind listeners of our regular programme being broadcast at 11pm tonight. With This week we have Martina Lahan Sheehan and her husband Pat who share with us a lovely reflection entitled Watching for the Signs of the Spirit. So now I'd like to advise listeners that our Inspirational Reflections programme continues Monday to Friday after the 1pm news here in West Limit 102. This includes the Rosary with Father Kevin Scanlon and Dana I will also include some reflections, music, and some recordings from our Sacred Space archive. So that's after the one o'clock news here at West Limit 102. 
And on Wednesday next at 11.30am, an interview I conducted with Sister Bride Cunahan will be broadcast here on West Limit 102. Sister Bride shares her wonderful story of the journey from working in, the, in an office in an ice cream company in Cork to work, to work in many years in Limerick City and on to Brazil. A wonderfully inspiring journey. So, that's next Wednesday, 11.30am. So to finish this broadcast this morning, I am going to play a piece of music by Marty, M- Marty Hogan. And this one is entitled, Who Will Speak? So thanks again for joining us this morning. Please, God, we'll meet again shortly. In the meantime, have a good week. God bless. Bye-bye now. The world that the church must serve is the world of the poor. Who will speak for the poor and the broken? Who will speak for the people's oppressed? Who will speak so their voice will be heard? Oh, who will speak if you don't? Who will speak? Who will speak for the women of you?